right, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I am Greg Fisher, and we're going to be talking about some really exciting innovation work happening in our city right now. It's one of the things we really pride ourselves on here in Louisville, and that includes the work with digital inclusion and smart cities that's coming out of the Office for Civic Innovation and Technology to the exciting things happening with the entrepreneurial community we have. And I'm proud of, you know, we created this whole concept about what is civic innovation. We were the first city or straight state to do that in the country, so we've got a lot of groundbreaking work in that area, both within Metro government, but within our city as well. So on this episode, we're talking with one of the people whose organization has been and is and will be at the forefront of that innovative work, and that's Larry Portaro. He's the executive director of First Build. So Larry, I really thank you for being with us here today. Thank you so much, Mayor Fisher. I really appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk about making an innovation. Well, uh, you guys have been at the forefront of this work globally with really some whole concepts about what innovation is and obviously the mothership BNG appliances behind this. Uh, I think we really have to look back on where were we four or five years ago probably when first? Five built? years. This is yeah. our fifth anniversary. So how did it start and what is it? Well, First Build first and foremost is a destination for makers and creatives in our area. We want to be open to those to come into our doors and create what they'd like to see for the home or for themselves. We're a part of GE Appliances, as you said, and our mission, our purpose, is to really work directly with makers and consumers and customers to create what they envision in hopes of being able to graduate those products to our parent to be able to bring them to market. And so back in the day when we started uh, First Build, and the city was involved with that, we were really proud to do that. There were some challenges within, uh, the GE was really uh, courageous enough to expose, it's like we're trying to make our new product development cycle go more fast, more rapid. Absolutely. So we, there was a concept of opening up challenges to work on. Is that still part of First Build? And then how has that uh, come along? Absolutely, so again, First Build, really was kind of created from the mind's eye of Kevin Nolan, who at the time was our Vice President of Engineering, he's now our CEO, and it was to really, one, make us more competitive by being able to allow us to take right-sized risks to try innovation that maybe a, a more established or very large company may not try, and work directly with consumers and makers to be able to build real things for people to be able to value. Um, we do that through design challenges, we do it through hackathons, we do it from just being open every day and allowing people to come in and see what we're working on and comment and be a part of it. And then you have your own facility, you're not part of Appliance Park, so tell us a little bit about your facility, where you're at, what kind of capabilities you have in yeah, there. Yeah, we have a wonderful facility. We're actually on the University of Louisville campus and we are very excited about being there because it's a crossroads of thought and innovation for our, our area. Uh, we have 35,000 square feet under roof where we have a, re, uh, a retail space, a maker space, and a full micro factory where we can fabricate pretty much anything for the home. And almost all of our equipment is open to the community to be able to use and use maybe in a project with us or maybe a passion project that they have for themselves. And that's the culture that we want to create. Yeah. And that partnership was really important when this came together. It was, yes, okay, how do we maximize Louisville's reputation for innovation? So the city was a partner. How do we bring in UofL, the speed school, and all the university capabilities? And what was really needed was how do you have a corporate anchor? 
that believed in innovation like GE Appliances. So it took that partnership to really make this thing happen in a relatively short people of time. Now people visit you from all over the world to, Absolutely. let's say, a young budding un entrepreneur or inventor in Louisville that he might be 12 years old. So tell us about the people that come through First Bill because it is a really fun and exciting place to visit. Who comes there and what kind of projects do they work on? Um, it is wonderful to have an, an open space where people feel welcome. So we certainly have students, um, we have entrepreneurs, we have uh, hobbyists, makers, artists, creatives. Being on the University of Louisville campus, you know, being a research one level uh, university um, with the medical school and the art school and the engineering school, it's a great place for people to come and be able to have access to tools and creative processes to be able to make. Um, but it's also great just to have young people coming in and working on their science fair project, uh, people maybe just making something for their home, or people that just want to be around other like-minded creatives and be recognized for their talents. So you've got, uh, let's talk about what is the most, what's the largest volume uh, product that's been ideated and created out of First Build on one hand, okay. and then on the second, what is the uh, weirdest, strangest, most interesting one-off that's come off out of there as well. So first, what's the biggest scale? Well, yeah, product? so one of those questions is easy. Um, you know, certainly uh, by popularity and, and uh, success, the Opal Nugget Ice oh, Maker. I love that machine. Oh, thank you. Uh, so do a lot of other folks, thankfully. Um, that was an idea, you know, that actually came um, from an idea from an engineer at GE Appliances that wanted to make sure that it was seen um, and, and valued for what it could be as a device. Um, and what's wonderful is we were able to take that and work with our community on various design challenges and just make a product that people could fall in love with. You know, you can, we didn't invent Nugget Ice, but this is a product that sits on your countertop, makes ice the star, and uh, it's that crunchy ice that people love to have. Oh, I love make ice the star. You know, my early career was in ice and ice dispensing, so I know a lot about ice. I, I understand and that. And that that's Opal awesome. Nugget Ice Maker van, when that came out, I said, this is going to be a hit. So that's been a, a good seller for you. That's been a, that's been a wonderful seller for us. Um, and then when you think about other devices that have come from us, um, there have been some unique devices that have come. Um, we certainly, from maybe a unique or niche market kind of piece, we certainly work with people, but we also work um, with local creatives that maybe aren't makers, but makers in other venues. Um, we've worked with our local community to launch our latest product, which is the Forge Clear Ice System, um, with um, makers such as folks at Brown Foreman, but the executive chef at Churchill Downs, Dave, Dave Danielson, Danielson, has come in and kind of worked with us, not just on the performance, but what's the experience of yeah. that product. And we've, uh, that kind of one-off uh, custom products like we made for Dave actually helped us learn and we put into practice on our larger scale product that we actually offered last year successfully. So is that the one where you got a, a beautiful clear ice cube and like his logo is stamped in it? Yes, yeah, so what's great is that we have a device that we'll be coming out with uh, later this year that actually you just pour tap water in and it creates large, clear blocks of ice. But then what's fun is it'll store those and then we have really the only heated press that you can purchase that takes in about a minute, takes that block and makes 
a wonderful sphere that's clear. And then just to make it fun, we do uh, offer custom brands yeah. that you can go and um, stamp your initials or your logos. But what's great with Dave is because he's such a creative, rather than actually make a sphere, he purchased the old stone in. So he brought us the stone from the old stone in, which we scanned, and actually his press presses out the stone. Yeah, no, Dave's extraordinary. He's one of the top chefs in the entire world. We're just blessed that he's here in our in our city, uh, executive chef at Churchill Downs. So, you know, he can do everything from feed the Kentucky Derby crowd to a small, intimate, one-off type of dinner at Old Stone Inn. And I, these spherical ice cubes are, are beautiful. They're, they're clear, they look great. Uh, I've seen Dave's with the stone, and these ice programs are really growing at bars all over the country right now. So I just think you're going to have a great product. I think good job. Oh, thank you. Now, well, how about one-offs where people came in and you said, I would have never thought of that before? Well, let me bring up that maybe it's more than a one-off, but something that a large company like GE Appliances, how do we come up with that next innovation? So the last couple of years at CES, the Consumer Electronics yeah. Show, GE Appliances, we've been fortunate enough to win some pretty major awards for a product that's called the uh, Kitchen Hub. It's a device that actually sits above your range mm -hmm. and has a 27-inch television screen and cameras to where you can share what you're cooking, you can take a cooking class, you could maybe never miss the start of the game. It really is a product that is really winning accolades and it's, and it's, it's re resonating with people. Mm -hmm. That actually came from a hackathon that we hosted more than two years ago. Four college students from the University of Louisville didn't want to place their phones by the stove. So instead, they proposed that you should just put a projector in the top of a hood and just project it on the back wall. So we recognize that as a great idea, but then you take the spirit of making and you iterate. So you continue to take that idea, make versions of it, share it with community, and eventually get to something that resonates for folks. And for us, that was the Kitchen Hub. And we're very excited that that's graduated to GEA. And it started as an idea from some local students, one-offs, and it's turned into a really successful product oh, for our that's parents. great. That makes me feel good. Because when we started talking about the concept of, we didn't have a name for it back then, first build, you know, GE Appliances says, well, we got a scan all over the country. We don't know what city to put this in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, don't waste your time. Just put it in Louisville. I mean, we've got a making, hacking community here as strong as any in the, in the country. Unfortunately, GE made the right decision, said after they went all around the country, said, you know, we decided just to locate right here in Louisville. I said, great idea. Uh, so I, I concur. So what do you think? I mean, how's our innovation potential here in Louisville and our innovation in practice measure up against other cities around the world, around the country? Well, I think it's great. You know, a lot of times I think people start with thinking about innovation. It's Silicon Valley or maybe it's the shipyards in Brooklyn. Um, but the fact of the matter is Louisville, again, with the university here being a, a, a research university and the talent and the students that they're able to attract working in an environment like that on campus is tremendously energizing for us and it brings in those great ideas um, and that great interaction. The city as a whole, honestly Mayor Fisher, the city as a whole is so welcoming. Um, an example would be you. The first time I uh, hosted a hackathon, you were gracious enough to come down and give the opening address at the hackathon and you engaged the, the folks that are there and usually when we have hackathons we 
half college students, half professionals, but we bring in, you know, more than 10 states are represented usually when we have hackathon. And I can't tell you the number of makers that were outside of the city that came up and commented to me that the mayor of the city came down and talked about making and creating and celebrating that spirit. And I think you see that throughout Louisville. We learned a tremendous amount from another non from a nonprofit here in town, Level One, which was the original maker space. And we were able to go there, and they were very gracious to come in and let us understand what that spirit is. And you'll see some rules on our wall, and I guarantee you some of those rules are just absolute copies of what we were able to learn from, from there at Level One. So that spirit, I think, uh, is wonderful. And then combining that with capable companies like GE Appliances has the ability to take these ideas and rapidly turn those into mass production products. But what I think is smart for what we try to do is use making to reduce the risk. Small batch manufacturing, physically making product, doing it along with consumers, um, I think that's key to what we've been so, doing. So where then, you know, Louisville's uh, regional in this country hub for the future of work, artificial intelligence, data science, mm -hmm, Internet mm -hmm. of Things, how does that all of that tie into what you're doing at First Build? I think it ties in very well in the fact of all of those things really need to be an outside the walls type of execution. To be able to come up with solutions for that, we all need to be able to engage the uh, the population as a whole and other creatives. And I think the types of cooperation that you see at a first build or maybe Hive, which is another example of, of a uh, local company that's doing these types of things, the support for entrepreneurship either through the university or other um, regional uh, support groups, I think that outside in is key and the engagement is key and being supported um, by universities, schools, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the government itself, and being able to make these connections, like how you guys helped with making the connection with GEA and the university, be able to bring First Build around, that kind of spirit, I think, is really an enabler. And then having companies like GE, but Kindred, you mentioned the Hive. Absolutely. Um, you might want to tell us a little bit about, they're taking more of a software approach, is that right? Yeah, they're, they're an interesting model. They're also on the University of Louisville campus, and they're engaging students directly to be able to create um, software solutions for, uh, um, for their uh, customers. Now it's a little bit different, I think, uh, I, not to speak as an expert on it, but of course they're doing things that have to, with medical devices, so they are very respectful of the laws and the requirements for that. But again, they are tapping into a maker and innovative spirit that we have here in our city with students and with other creatives to be able to build products and technical solutions by reaching outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me it's kind of, you gotta have a combination of humility in other words, saying we don't have all the answers, we're not going to have all the answers, but then combine that with adventure as well to say, let's go scour the mm -hmm. world and see Absolutely. where they come from and let's hire some local folks as well because they don't live our same environment every day because you never know where innovation is going to come from. Absolutely. I mean, that's what's wonderful about innovating appliances. Who's our customer? Everyone is our customer. Mm -hmm. And that's actually energizing because a great idea could come from anywhere because everyone could propose a solution or even propose a want that maybe no one has done before. And with the rapid advance of technology, maybe something that might have been proposed before with technological advances now, we can provide at a scale that's reasonable and people can engage. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you see as the characteristics of a good innovator? 
it really is inquisitiveness. You talked about humility. Humility is great. I think it's about the desire. It's not really like what makes a great maker or an innovator maybe isn't so much the outcome as it is they love the process. They love the process of interacting, of making, of sharing what those things are. Those kinds of traits, I think, allow people to move beyond their own circle to involve others. And then ultimately, the more people you involve, you're simply going to come up with more effective solutions that are representative of a bigger, uh, a bigger opportunity. We had a guy that lived in Louisville. Um, he like failed, I think, about, about a thousand times, and he invented something called a light bulb. He had a little something to do with. I've GD. heard of that guy. Yeah, I, that, that guy. Edison. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I heard that guy. Yeah, yeah he's he's a, a, he had a small impact. Uh, but what's the role of failure in making? Well, I think the ability to create a a culture where it's not about failing, it's about right size trying, and that it's constantly about making and iterating. You haven't failed. You simply are continuing to iterate to get the best outcome. People are always afraid to fail, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's such a negative word. That's one of the reasons why I think First Build has been successful and was really bright about how GE Appliances thought through it. We're small on purpose. Mm -hmm. it, it's like being a gymnast. You know you're going to fall. You're a gymnast. You just want to fall appropriately, right? You don't want to break your arm. So for our standpoint, we'll try things. We'll make very small batches where it may be a large company. You're, in, you're all in on a bet. It's, it's all or nothing. Let's tool this thing up. At First Build, with the maker spirit, with interacting with makers and creatives, having our additive and other types of technologies that we have there to be able to create, we can try small batches, provide them to people, get feedback, and iterate, and eventually get to something that people are passionate about. You know, I think one of the great imperatives of our day is how do we make exciting concepts like First Build open to everybody? And I know openness is a big driving value for you all? Um, you know, to us, when you think about innovation, I can't help but think about uh, being inclusive is, tr is tremendously important about being innovative. Because quite frankly, we're trying to come up for solutions for our customers. So we need to look like our customers. We need to be open to have them come in and interact with us, to be open to their feedback. It's maybe gets back a little bit to your, your humility comment of understanding that, you know, by that's empowering. The other thing about openness that people don't think about too is it's very energizing. Having somebody passionate enough to come in and interact with you about what you're working on. So many technologists and creatives, they're behind a fence, they're behind a, they're behind a wall, they're in secret. You know, what's wonderful about being open and engaging community is that it's not just what you learn, it's how you're empowered, it's how you're energized. We get it from students, we get it from community people that come in and work with us. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, and I find, you know, those breakthrough ideas most likely are going to come from people that have different lived experiences. I mean, Absolutely. you, you want to put so many different perspectives around the table that you've got to really drive toward understanding each other and that's where the breakthrough usually takes place. It's not by putting 10 of us guys together in a room that have the same background and say, okay, we're going to innovate. I'd rather have 10 people from all over the different world, different life experiences, different cultures, throw something in the middle of them. That's where innovation it's usually takes powerful. place. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. So how do we make sure we include the entire uh, community in this? The Maker Fair brings a lot of folks together. 
so how can we get more folks involved with that? And, what, and tell us what the Maker Fair is. Well, um, you know, we've, the city of Louisville has been supportive of Maker events for several years. But last year, um, First Build and GE Appliances really wanted to get involved to be able to host the first ever regional Maker Fair that we had a full two-day event um, with GE Appliances support and quite frankly, uh, great partnership with the University of Louisville. We were able to host the first ever two-day event on the university campus and by all measures, it was a wonderful success. We had over 100 makers and creatives and artists come down and share. Uh, we had thousands of people turn out, uh, students, um, musicians, artists, um, and, and they enjoyed themselves. And for us, that to me builds that, that culture of being able to be heard, to be included, to understand that there's ways to be able to have your creativity seen and heard. And we want to build on that even more in 2020. So September of this year, back down on the University of Louisville campus, we'll host what we, by all intents and purposes, plan to be the biggest Maker Fair that we've had. Last year was the inaugural. This year will be the biggest. And to make sure that other people involved, we've actually gone out and have started a new uh, organization called Louisville Makes, um, where we want to actually have people engaged um, and have a say and be able to reach out. It was wonderful to have the university and GE Appliances support, but we want other businesses and foundations to be able to be a part of that. So we've done that. We've applied for our nonprofit status. We're hopefully, we'll hear back on that soon. But we want the Maker Fair to be representative of our community. So the best thing to do is go on louisville.makerfair.com, check out what we did last year, and sign up to be a volunteer. Just sign up to give us ideas because Maker Fair will be great when it is representative of our community and what they want to see. Larry, rumor has it that something big is going to be happening in the Russell neighborhood with innovation and first build. Is that true? Oh, it absolutely is. It's not a rumor. Um, Ed Blaney from the uh, Office of Civic Innovation reached out and wondered if we would want to engage on a project to be able to get more of our citizens access to higher speed broadband. Um, and in particular from some of the wi uh, excuse me, the Wi-Fi access points that we have here in town. Um, so we love the idea. So what we're going to do is we're going to host a few events coming up. The first one is we're going to go down to the Russell neighborhood and engage the neighborhood and ask them what would be of value to them. Because what we believe to be the case is you can go out and use Wi-Fi, but how do you charge your devices? So what we think is going to be the solution is we need to come up with a Wi-Fi charging station that could be outdoor, easy to use. And if that's the case, if that's the feedback we get from those residents, we want to host an open hackathon at First Build in February during Engineers Week on that, uh, on that Wednesday and engage the community and we want to co-create a solution that we hope could be actually maybe crowd-made or crowd-funded by the community itself. So maybe it goes into Russell, but maybe we could uh, replicate it in other neighborhoods too. That's great. Well, so amazing things happening in Louisville with innovation, first build, probably the epicenter. Really appreciate what you guys are doing, how open you've been to the community to bring them in to your organization and then just scale innovation and excitement out. So Larry Pataro, we really say thank you. Mayor Fisher, thank you so much. We love being part of Louisville. It is such a wonderful community and we appreciate the support we get from the community and certainly from you and your office. Thank you. Our pleasure. So signing off, Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. <laughs>